Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. There are certain things that we need to be able to understand if we are going to make progress towards that next level. The first thing that we need to understand that is you must learn how to be able to let go of your past. If you are holding on to your past, somebody offended me, my father did this, my mother did this, my sister did this, my husband did this, my brother, you know, all those kind of things. If you hold on to it, you will not be able to move very far. I've always told you that anybody who is driving and is looking at the rear view mirror, that person is ready to have an accident. If you are driving and your eye is on that rear view mirror, and that's all you are focusing your attention on you will not go very, very far. So if we are going to get to the next level that God is promising us this year, we must learn to be able to settle the past, let go of the past. That's why the Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah chapter 43, if you read from verse number 18, it says, remember ye not the former things. In other words, let go. Consider, consider not the things of old. Those things are gone. Those things have been forgotten. You know, those things have belong to the past. He said, behold, I will do a new thing. Shall he not spring forth? I, shall he not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. In other words, I will make things which appear impossible to be possible for you. But you have to be willing to let go of the past. As long as you are carrying that anger, you are carrying that animosity, you are carrying that particular unforgiveness, the journey it will be very limited for you. And that will not be your case in Jesus' name. Amen. Number two, key, the second key is that you must get a vision of a possible future. You have to have an idea of where you're going. If you don't know where you are going, all road will lead to that place. It is very easy for you to get lost. So you must be able to do, get a vision for tomorrow. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18, it says, where there is no vision, my people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. In other words, you need to know where you are going. Because when you know where you're going, then you can prepare yourself for that particular journey. Number three, we said you need to be able to equip yourself to be able to take advantage of opportunities. Opportunities will come in this new year. There will be so many things that God will make available for you. If you are not ready to take advantage of it, then it becomes useless. It just goes like that. An opportunity will not wait for you. So you have to be ready to take advantage of that opportunity. Whereas the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs 22, verse 29, it says, Seest thou a diligent man in his business. He shall not stand before king. He shall stand before king, but he shall not stand before mere men. In other words, when you take advantage of opportunity, people, you will not stand with, before ordinary people. You will stand before people who are, you know, who are important, who are well to do. Number four, we say you must learn to discipline yourself. You cannot just allow everything that comes your way. If you have to talk and just keep talking or eat, you have to keep eating or sleep. You just keep sleeping. No, you have to be disciplined. There is a time for everything. There is a limit to what you can do. And that is what Paul the Apostle was telling the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He said, know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. In other words, all of us are stuck right now 
Very few of us are going to succeed. Very few of us are going to get to where we are going to. It's not, and the people who will get to where they are going to, it's not because they are better than us. It's not because they are smarter. The only thing is that they have learned how to discipline themselves. There is a time that you eat. There is a time that you play. There is a time that you study and there is time you walk. If you don't know the difference between that and you are not disciplined, you will miss opportunities that God has in store for you. So Paul is saying, he says, so run therefore that you may obtain. And every man that strives for mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we incorruptible. I therefore so run. Not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beat the air, but I keep my body under and bring it unto subjection. In other words, I discipline myself. Lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. In other words, I don't want to waste my time. I want to get results. So when I'm doing anything, I'm putting discipline onto it. I want to see results. Okay? I don't just waste my effort. That's what basically Paul is saying. That if you do that, that is when this year will become a productive year for us. And then number five is that you have to be diligent. And diligence means that you are able to apply yourself. You are doing your work in such a way that you are careful about it. You are careful in the way you are doing your work. You are careful in the way that you are, you know, that you are pursuing your activity. And that's what the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22, 29 tells us, he said, the hand of the diligent shall bear rule. In other words, the person who is carefully doing what he's supposed to do, who is applying himself regularly, who is making sure that he's doing what he's supposed to do, he said, that person will always be the man on top. He will always be the guy that has the money. He will always be the guy that is in charge. But the guy who doesn't know how to take care of his own thing, who doesn't know how to manage his resources, he said that person will continue to beg. He said, the hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful, which means the lazy man, shall be under tribute. In other words, he's going to be the one that you are going to rule over. The same thing, Proverbs chapter 13 verse 4 is saying, he said, the soul of the sluggard shall have nothing, you know, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. If you are diligent in what you are doing, you are going to have enough. If you are willing to apply yourself, I will give you these things. Okay? In other words, if you are not diligent in your work, the blessings of God might be an illusion in your life. And then number six is I would say we should sow in expectation. Give to people. Help people. Because when you throw something to out there, it comes back to you. When you help other people, they will end up helping you. I've always told you that life is like a mirror. If you smile, it smiles back to you. If you don't smile, it looks at you like that. If you get into the bathroom after you shower, you look at the image and say, what's wrong with your image? Why are you not smiling back? Something that people will look at you and say, something is wrong with you. If you smile to that image in the mirror, it smiles back to you. That's the way life operates. When you give, you receive. If you don't give, nobody gives to you. So, so in expectation. And then finally, the Bible tells us, it says, you should cultivate the presence of the Almighty God. The Bible says it's not by power, it's not by might, but by my spirit. Cultivate his presence. Spend some time in his presence. Learn how to pray. Learn how to hear the word of God. And as you do that, the Bible says that do not take you out of this place. Don't take me to the next step, except the presence of the Almighty God go with us. But one thing I want you to understand is that your keys are useless if you don't have a strategy on how to use it. The keys are useless if you don't know the door that it opens. The keys are useless if you don't know how to use it. The keys are useless if you don't know how to deploy that key. You can hold a key and stand in front of a car and talk to the car. Car, you must move. I decree that you move. God said that you must move. You can talk from now to kingdom come. If you don't take time, they will carry you with all the bundle and take you to global bottom. Because you are, you are not using the key in your hand. You need to be able to deploy the key. You need to be able to employ the key. You need to be able to know exactly how to. There's a strategy for success. 
And one of my friends used to, he's always very happy, he's always very fascinated when I say this. I say, hope is not a strategy. Everybody hopes. Only the people who have a plan and who have a strategy of how to move from where they are to where to need, where they need to be, those are the people who pass. Those are the people who get the results. Do something. Put a strategy together. And how do you put that strategy together? Let's look at the Bible. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 20. Start reading from verse number 17. The Bible says, From Beletos, he sent to, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know, from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always try to live among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which, ha- uh, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. And how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except the Holy Spirit testify in every city, saying that chains and tribulation await me. Therefore, take heed to yourself and to the flocks among which the Holy Spirit made you overseer to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you and not sparing the flocks. Also, from among yourself, men will rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for, therefore, that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So now, brethren, I command you, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Now, for you to put, to put this in proper context, this whole thing happened. This whole Acts chapter 20 is when Paul was trying to make a transition from the, from his, uh, from his active ministry to the point where he's going to be bound and taken to Rome in chains. And this last part is what I want to focus our attention on. And that is in verse number 31. It said, therefore watch and remember for the past three years, I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. He came so that he can give them a strategy that say, okay, now you have spent the past years. Now you are about to enter into a new season. You are about to enter into a new phase. And I'm giving you this particular, and I want, I'm bringing you together so that I can give you a strategy on how you are, you are going to make success. In other words, Paul was saying, the season has, one season has come to an end. Another season is about to begin. And whether you like it or not, there's going to be seasons of changes in your life. There are days when I wish I was still a little more younger, you know, when dad was paying all the bills and I had no care in the world. When I come back from school, the only responsibility I had was just to go outside, eat lunch and go and play football. That was the best days of my life. At that time, I couldn't wait to grow up. I wanted to grow up. I wanted to mature quickly. If I knew this is how maturity was, I would have preferred to stay at that time. But there are seasons change. Seasons change, especially when you get to America, you start paying bills. You wish you stay in the place where somebody will pay all the bill, but that's the story for another day. The point you are making is that Paul was saying, seasons are changing. You are moving into a new era. You need to have a strategy. You need to understand. You need to be able to know how things work. And Paul is saying that this is enshrined. It is not what I am telling you. It is what God already has put in place. And that's why if you read the book of Genesis chapter 8 verse 22, the Bible says whether you like it or not, while this earth remains... Seed time and harvest will come. There will be cold and there will be heat. There will be winter and there will be summer. 
and the day and night, it shall not cease. It will continue like that. Whether you like it or not, whether you like December or you don't like the cold, whether you like a winter or you don't like winter, it will always come. But the question is, when that seasons are changing and a new one is about to come, how do you use it for your own advantage? Because you cannot stop the night from coming. You cannot stop winter from coming. The question is, how are you going to use it for your own benefits? Okay? So because seasons are changing, and Paul knew his ministry was coming to an end, he wanted to bring the people together so that, number one, he can prepare the next generation. So what we are saying right now is that as we enter into this new year, you need to be able to prepare not just yourself, but your children for what this year is going to is going to bring to them. Number two, Paul, Paul was talking about all this because he wanted to encourage the church. There's going to be challenges. And then finally, he wants them to stay focused. There's going to be a lot of distraction this year. There's going to be a lot of things that you are going to hear. And Paul is saying, you need to be able to come together to understand that you need to stay focused. And then finally, he said, I need to equip you for success. Because success is not random. Okay? When you do something and you're successful at it, it is not random. For students who are in our midst, you know, A, you don't get A by accident. I hope you know that. Except, of course, if you do what you used to do back in Nigeria. There was a little boy that came from the UK in those days. He was misbehaving in the UK, so his father sent him to Nigeria to come and study. And this boy was really very smart. So smart that he didn't even know. When he was copying the guy that was sitting next to him, he didn't even know the guy's name. He wrote the guy's name as part of the thing he was cheating for. So when the teacher caught him and said, ah, oh boy, you copied everything. You even copied the guy's name. He said, I thought it was a headline. You know? <laughs> so you see what, the basic, what, I'm, what I'm saying, right? What I'm saying is that success is not an accident. You have to plan for it. And that's why Paul brought these people together to equip them with a strategy for success. Now, why is it important that Paul does this? Why is it important for Paul to, you know, for, for Paul to be able to, to bring all these people together? Because Paul understood that the survival of the church or the survival of an individual is a function of their readiness. Okay? If you are going to succeed in this new year, it's a function of your readiness. Survival is a function of readiness. If you are not ready for something, if somebody comes at you, you may not know how to respond. If you get into a particular issue, a situation in your place of work, and you are not ready for it, it will stop you. But when you are ready, when they throw that in at you, you know at least how to respond. Paul understood that survival is a function of readiness. So Paul understood that success is a function of preparation. When you prepare, then success becomes a lot easier. But when you are not prepared, you cannot, success becomes very difficult. It becomes an illusion. And the Paul understand that success requires a strategy. How are you going to do this thing? For those of us who are, you know, who, who love sports, you understand that there is no team that wins any sporting event without a particular game plan. And that is what is referred to as a strategy. The question is, what is your game plan? What is your strategy? How do you intend to be able to get to where you are going? What is your goal in the first place? Because if you don't have a goal, then you don't even know how to, go after, how to achieve what you don't have, what you have not planned for. So Paul is saying that if you want to be able to move forward, you need to understand that you need success is a function of strategy, of effective strategy. So the question is, how well we perform in the new year is a function of the effective strategy or the effective game plan that we put in place. If you don't have a game plan, there is strong probability that this year will just go like any other year. And that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to move to the next level. But you cannot move to the next level by accident. You need 
explain. You need a plan. You need a strategy. Paul understood that. And that is why he gave the elders the strategies they need to be able to move forward. And we, my brothers and sisters, we know as an individual, as a family, and as a church, our success, our moving forward is a function of how well we are prepared and how um, the kind of game plan that we plan, that we intend to execute. The question is, what is Paul's strategy for success in the new year? What was Paul's strategy? Number one, Paul's strategy was a very realistic strategy. Look at verse number 29 of Acts chapter 20. He said, for I know this, that after my departure, Savage wolves will come in, will come in among you, not sparing the flock, not sparing the flocks. Also, from among yourself, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples unto themselves. In other words, Paul was not living in la la land. Okay, if you are going to have a strategy for this year, you don't want to bury your head in the sand. Yes, through so this particular year, I'm going to make a million dollars, my friend. You have not even made ten thousand before. You don't even know, you have never handled $1,000 in your hand. And you are talking about making a million. Come on. I'm not saying it is not impossible. I'm only saying that you have to be realistic. Okay? God can do all things. You have heard me say this. God can open the ceiling and begin to throw money at us. Okay? He could do that. But God doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. I would love for him to do it so that I can have the money. I don't have to do much work. But he doesn't operate like that. We have to be realistic in the strategy. What do you want for this year? Be realistic. That's what Paul is saying. You need to understand the situation that you are in and understand the resources that is available to you. Know your own capacity and then plan accordingly. Number one, for us to be able to move forward this year, we have to be realistic in our expectation, realistic in your plan, realistic in your activity, realistic in the things that you do. That's the first thing. Your strategy, must you must have a realistic strategy if you are going to move forward this year. Number two, if you are going to move forward this year, you have to have what is called a watchful strategy. Watchful strategy in the sense, look at verse number 30, number 31. He said, therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to, I did not cease to warn you day and night with tears. You know what I'm saying? Be watchful. If you look at Jesus Christ, he kept telling his disciples, he said, watch and pray, watch and pray. In other words, you cannot, when you are doing certain things, you make sure that the other thing that you are doing on the other side does not destroy what you are doing here. Okay, the point I'm trying to make is that you don't walk against yourself. You don't become a distraction unto yourself. Okay, you are planning to move forward. At the same time, you are destroying your own journey. You are trying to save for money. At the same time, you are going to buy things that you cannot afford. At the same time, you say you want to be debt free. You want to live a life. You want to, you want to live a, a debt free life. At the same time, you are committing to yourself to the things that you know you are, that you cannot afford. When you are doing that, what you are doing is that you are walking against yourself. You are taking a step forward and three step backward. That's what you are doing. And Paul is saying, you cannot make progress like that. You cannot make progress like that. You only make progress when you make sure that everything you do align with one another to be able to help you go forward. So Paul is saying, number one, be realistic in your approach to things this year. Number two, be watchful at the way you do things this year. Don't walk against yourself. Don't go to a place and say that you want to be like, and at the same time, you are caught, you know, the way you speak, the way you behave is repulsive. When you do that, people are not going to give you the opportunity that they, that they want to give you. Watch the way you behave. Watch the way you speak. Watch the way you relate. Be very careful the way you, can, the way you live your life so that you don't begin to send the wrong signals. 
to yourself, you know, to the people around you. That's the second, that's the second strategy. The third strategy is that he said you have to have what is called an entrusting strategy. What does it mean to entrust? It means to commit yourself to something. Mean to commit yourself to something. You have to be able to live beyond yourself. Okay? What I mean by that is that you don't live a life that is self-centered. If everything is about you, then you are not going to move very far. If you are the center of the universe, the life is going to be very, very small. You have to live outside. You have to be able to talk to, you have to be able to make sure your life touches other people. It was written that the people who survived in the Nazi camp, they were the people who ministered to other people. Look at the people who are most happy. They are the people who are able to help other people. If life is all about you, then you are not going to move forward very far. Because you are going to be limited. But when you touch the life of several people, other people will open up and they will bless you. But not only that, but Paul is saying, apart from reaching out to other people, entrusting strategy means entrust your hands and trust your life to the hands of the Almighty God. Look at verse number 32. He says, so now, brethren, I commend you. That means I entrust you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. He says, commit yourself to the hands of the Almighty God. The Bible says that the race is not to the swifts. It's not to the person who understands. It's not to the, the, this success in life is not whether you are smart or anything. It's a question of God walking with you. The Bible says that God was with Joseph and anything Joseph laid his hands upon to do succeeded. God was with Daniel. Daniel was able to interpret the dreams that he never knew. You have to commit yourself to God because without him, you can do nothing. You have to commit yourself to God because with him, you can go very, very far. Without him, you know, you have to commit yourself to God because with him, you can begin to do the things that are, appear impossible to other people. But you have to have that entrusting strategy. I tell people, when you plan, you plan as if everything depends on you. And when you pray, you pray like everything depends on God. There has to be that collaboration. First Corinthians, I think chapter 3, verse, uh, yeah, I think in chapter 3, Paul the Apostle says, say, we are co-laborers with God. In other words, we are in partnership with the Almighty God. So learn to partner with God this year. Just try it. If you partner with God faithfully this year, I believe, I, I bet you God will do things for you that you will never even believe. If you partner with the Almighty God, He will open doors for you that you will never believe are available. Just partner with Him. So the first strategy is to be realistic. The second strategy is to be watchful. The third strategy is to entrust yourself, commit yourself. To the Almighty God. Number four strategy is to be engaged. Is to be engaged. You have heard me say this, and I will say it again. If you multiply zero by a million, you will get zero. You cannot sit down, put your life on cruise control. I expect that God will open the heavens for you. It doesn't work that way. If you don't do anything, nothing will happen. But the Bible says that whatever you lay your hands upon to do. Say, that is what will prosper. So if you don't lay your hands upon on anything, nothing prosper. Prosperity is not magic. Okay? It is not a pastor laying hands on you and then you get the magic and then the anointing comes and then money begins. It doesn't work. You have to be engaged in the process. So if you are a student, you engage with your study. If you are working, you engage the work. If you are in business, you engage the business. If you give half if you give partial effort, you will get partial results. Okay? But if you commit yourself fully, you will get full results. 
It is the way it works. So if you are going to move forward this year, there has to be an engaging strategy. You have to be engaged with whatever you are doing. You cannot do it half-heartedly. If you want to pray, pray. If you want to sing, sing. If you want to do business, do business. If you want to preach, preach. Whatever you want to do, do it wholeheartedly. Be engaged in the process. Because that's how you, that's the only way you can make progress this year. But if you do it halfway, okay? If you do it halfway, you will only get half results. So please, this year, if we are going to move forward, we need to be able to engage in the process. God will not give you what you are not willing to fight for. The Bible tells in the book of Joshua chapter 1, it says, everywhere the sole of your feet shall tread upon. It says, there I will give you. In other words, if, your, if the sole of your feet does not tread upon anything, guess what? You're not guessing anything. Whatever you lay your hands upon to do shall prosper. You don't lay your hands upon to do anything, nothing happens. It is not magic. So the strategy this year, number one, is for you to be realistic. Know what you can do and what you cannot do. Number two is to be watchful. Be careful so that you don't walk against yourself. Number three is to commit yourself to the Almighty God. Again, partner with God. As you partner with Him, you will see He will begin to work for you. Number four is to engage the process. Participate. Get involved. Get your hands dirty. If you want to read, read the book like your life depends upon it. If you want to do business, do the business like your life depends upon it. If you are supposed to make a call, make the phone call so that they will know that, yes, somebody made a phone call. Don't do anything halfway. Engage yourself. Commit yourself to it. And then finally, involve a little bit of generosity. Give of yourself to somebody else. Okay? Give yourself to somebody else. Invest a little bit of your life into somebody. Somebody's going and say, do you need a helping hand? I can bet you that the help that you give to somebody today will turn around and benefit you later. It never fails. When you pour out to somebody, it will always come back to you. That's why the Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. He said, the same measure with which you give, that's the same measure you are going to receive. So if you give with that person and you pinch the penny, when that person is about to give to you also, guess what? He will also pinch the penny. Okay? But if you give liberally, it comes back to you the same way. So please, let's, as we engage this particular strategy, the strategy of being very, very realistic. It doesn't mean that you don't, it doesn't mean that you don't push yourself, but you know your limits. You know the level of your faith. You know that what you can endure and what you cannot endure. So go and, um, you know, go, go with the strategy of being very realistic. Number two, make sure that you are very watchful. Don't be careless. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your money. Don't waste your resources. Don't waste your energy. Don't walk against yourself. Commit yourself to the Almighty God. Engage in the process and then involve a little bit of generosity. And the Lord God Almighty will open the windows of heaven over our lives this year so that he will take us from where we are to where we need to be. The question is, are you, have you positioned yourself to be able to take advantage of what this year has in store? Do you have a strategy? Do you have a game plan to be able to do, you know, to be able to get to where you're going this year? Or before we get to that where you are going, before you get to the strategy, do you even know where you're going this year? That's the first question. Do you know where you're going this year? And do you have a strategy for getting there? As a student, do you have a goal for yourself and do you have a strategy for getting there? As a business person, do you have a goal for your business and do you have a goal, have a strategy for getting there? As a church, do we have a goal and do we have a strategy for getting there? 
It applies to every aspect of your life. This year is not whether God is going to bless you. That's not the issue. God is willing and ready to bless. The question is, have you prepared your baskets to be able to receive the blessing? Do you have a strategy for receiving from the Almighty God? Do you have a strategy for moving forward? Do you have a strategy for taking advantage of the opportunities that God will give to you? Because if you don't have that strategy, if you don't have a strategy or a game plan, God will pour the blessings, but you might not be in a position to receive them. That will not be our Lord in Jesus' name. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.